Okay. Good morning, everyone. Mishenichna uh, Sadar. So I would like to focus on a uh, an Indian relating to Sadar, uh, to Purim. So this year we're going to discuss a very somewhat unusual Lashen that we find in Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Purim. In one of the halachas of Hilchas Purim, the uh, Mechaber says that we have to make a macha. Mechaber says, Yesh Limchais. We have to uh, be out there protesting the following practice. And that's not a very common Lashen in Shulchan Aruch, especially just to start a sifla off like that. Yesh Limchais. So uh, we're going to explore this halacha and uh, see how and whether it's Nagei Lamaisa today. So the marker before I get, I'll, we'll get to the halacha in due time, but uh, the marker for this is in the Shad Shuvas of the Rivash. The Rivash is one of the G'dayle uh, Paiskim among the Rishonim, among the relatively later Rishonim. The Rivash is Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Sheishas. Apparently his last name is uh, something like Perfet. He lived from around uh, 1326 to 1408, so throughout the 1300s mainly. He was a Talmud of the Ran in Barcelona and of others. Uh, after a while in Barcelona, he ended up accepting the uh, Rabbanos in the city of Saragossa. Now, Barcelona and Saragossa are not particularly far apart from each other, but Barcelona is... The, apparently the capital city of Catalonia. Catalonia, these, you know, back in the time of the Rishonim, sometimes these were different countries. Uh, even today, I guess, there are different regions in Spain. So uh, Barcelona is uh, the main city in Catalonia, and Saragossa is the main city in Aragon. Um, so to really understand and appreciate the difference, you'd have to be bucky in the history of Spain and uh, understand how that fits into the different Jewish communities there. But uh, overall, it seems that even though they're not that far apart, but uh, culturally, including Jewishly, they were uh, possibly on different pages. So he arrived in Saragossa and uh, things were different. After four years in Saragossa, it didn't work out so well. He ended up in a different city. And then after that, he ended up in Valencia, which is another city. And uh, ultimately, in the year Kufnan Aleph, uh, 1391, when uh, you had the uh, Zaydis, against the Eden in Spain, a hundred years before the Gaidish, which I believe I mentioned in another share, um, Tashbates, I believe. So the Rivash ended up in Algeria, and that's uh, the second part of his life, and that's where uh, the Rivash and the Tashbates and the Rashbats, that uh, they all end up in uh, Algeria. But this, is, this, this takes place, as I uh, began mentioning, this takes place right when he moves to Saragossa. In fact, it seems to be immediately... As he says, so you look in Shalos Shavas Rivash, Simon Shin Peches, and he introduces it. He says, "Ksav Shalachti Larav Rabenu Nisim Takef Boi Sarkasta." This is a Ksav I sent to Tehran, which is his Rabbi, is Rav Muvik. Immediately when I arrived in Sarkasta. Now, why is he calling Saragossa Sarkasta? So, just a little historical footnote. Uh, Spain was around before the Romans showed up, and the city had a name. It's on the it's on the uh, shore. It was a port city. It was important. Uh, sorry, no, that's Barcelona. Saragossa, but Saragossa was also still around. It was around already in the time uh, before the Romans. When the Romans came, they renamed it after their Caesar. They called it Caesar Augusta. 
And uh, then you had the Arabs that ended up there and pronouncing Caesar Augusta was a bit uh, too difficult. So they called it Saracosta. That's, uh, and that's what you're seeing how the Rishayim are calling it Saracosta. That's the Arabic name. And then over time, that evolved into uh, Saragossa. Anyway, when did this happen? What date is this? So we don't have any dates in these chuvas. But based on these and other chuvas, those who uh, are experts on the Rivash are Meshire, that it was around uh, 1372 or 1373, and he must have gotten the job right before Purim. As he says, I arrived and I sent this Ksav to Iran right away. al Inyan. the matter was reading the Megillah Belaz. Reading the Megillah in Spanish. The Megillah Haksuva Balaz, from a Megillah written in Spanish. But the person who's learning, he actually knows Hebrew on himself. He's learning for, for others who might not understand Hebrew. So this is essentially, the sub, this is obviously a halachic discussion, but there's also a historic uh, subplot, as it were, because this is interesting. There's already uh, Spanish translations of uh, Tanakh, or parts of Tanakh in the 1300s. That itself is interesting, so we'll, we'll get to that uh, aspect as well. That was one thing, and then the second thing was about certain announcements they used to make, and the third thing was a particular incident involving a get that he was concerned about. These are the three things that he immediately reached out to Iran about. So now the letter begins. So he starts off with very nice Lashonis and Melitzis about how, uh, you know, Iran, your your neshama is like uh, alive inside of us, etc., etc., um, how I miss you, um, and then he goes off in, in that direction, how painful it is that he doesn't get to see him anymore, because he spent all this time with him until now, and now they're uh, apart, and all the cover that I get in this place, so he's still positive about, even later in the Shiva, he's positive about the cover he's getting, he's just frustrated about specific things, but uh, all the cover that I get here, uh, compared to how I felt when I was in your presence, I would much prefer that, um, but what, what else can I say? I hope to see you again, to see you uh, to see you uh, again awake in real life. <clears throat> what comforts me that uh, I know you're okay, I know you're fine. Um, and he gives us the, the Rebbe, Rebbe Abracha. Nice Lushayna. So he starts off and he says, I'm going to tell you the fight I'm involved in right now. And you should tell me who's right. I came here, overall, Ravash said, I got a, a, a fair, uh, you know, people, the, the welcoming, the reception was nice. Paru PM the Malkish, they're like opening up their mouth to receive the rain of what I have to say. So we can start off on the right foot. Um, they're all interested in the Gdarim and the Syagim that I have, that I'm here to introduce. I started noticing a trend. Reisi, that Reivmin Hagehem Lakula, wherever there's something that's uh, maybe up to a minute, where you can do it this way or that way, somehow they always end up leaning on the side of Kula. Sometimes they have who to rely on. And he mentions in passing, So for those familiar with Ochel Shabbos, so it comes to Shehia. So it's Machlekes, Chananya, and Chachamim about a Michael that's already partially cooked, a Michael ben Dersai. And there's a big discussion from the time of the Goyenim as to who exactly we're actually Paskening like. Um, and there's also a link between Shehia and Hatmana, whether it is the same thing, whether it's not the same thing. So Akopanim, uh, compared to where he came from, when he came here, they were being Makel, 
unlike where he came from. But he also admits, he also concedes that this has uh, some basis. It's not uh, completely baseless. But then there's other things. Tzaz Dvarim, that there's a much weaker foundation. And this is the main thing that sparked. This is right now before Purim. They tell me that it's already 30 years, that they have the practice here, that they lay in the Megillah for the women in Laz, which he always says Laz. Of course, he means Spanish. It's, they lay in it for the women, and it's already written. There is a written translation of the Megillah in Spanish, which they use. And I told them that this is wrong. This is incorrect. Because the person laying knows Ashuris. He knows both Hebrew and Spanish. And the halacha is that he's not Yaitza for himself. If he knows Hebrew, he can't be Yaitza in reading the Megillah for himself in Spanish. So, Mamela, if you're not being Yaitza yourself, how can you be Yaitza others? If it's something that you wouldn't be Yaitza with, like a Chedesh, a Chedesh who can't hear the Megillah, even if he's normal in every other respect, he can't be Mashmiya Oznov, but he's relating for other people. So, you have this concept that you have to be together that this could be Yaitza you. If it couldn't be Yaitza you, then you can't be Yaitza others. And the people who speak Hebrew can't be Yaitza from Spanish. Where does this idea come from? Kisvaras Harambanza. So let's look in the Ramban. Chedusha Haramban on Megillah we have, as we shall see, we have Chedusha Haramban, Chedusha Harash, but we have a lot of these Shreem uh, on So it's a Mishnah Megillah and Paddock Bay's Mishnah Aleph. It says that if you read the Megillah in Targum, which is Aramaic, or Bechalosh in any language, Loi Yatza. You're not Yatza the Megillah. That's what it says. But then the Mishnah continues and says, however, Avokair and Isla Loyazo is Belaz. For people who speak other languages, you could learn it in another language. But conversely, someone who speaks another language, but he hears it in Ashuras, he hears it in Hebrew, he's also Yates. You don't have to learn it for him in his language. So that's the Mishnah. And there's a little Gemara on it. But uh, the Ramban says, he quotes a Rashi. Now, we don't have this Rashi in our uh, Rashi Megillah. It's not so uncommon that uh, Rashi went through some uh, evolution, some copying and pasting. We don't always have exactly what the Rishonim have. But uh, they quote, the only Yishayim are going to quote this Rashi, that what is Loyazin? That's how they quote Rashi. That Loyaz is someone who also knows, implies he also knows other languages. Rashi didn't say that he only knows another language. It sounds like he also knows other languages. And the Rabban says, hmm? Um, they're right, Pirish Rashi. And, and there, is a, there is a Rashi there that uh, has some just similar words, but not... Uh, there it's, uh, I think the Rashi, what we have says, call uh, Lashin Laz, or something like that. So it's, it's pretty similar. So it could be that uh, you know, there's, there's a fork in the, in the language, in the Lashin, and different, uh, we ended up with one Lashin, and they had a different Lashin. Um, <coughs> so he said, the Ramban says, I don't like this. Because the Allah is, when it comes to writing a Megillah, that you can't write a Megillah in any language you want. Call Lashin any Kashiva Megillah. Um, and even if you say you can write Svarim, uh, and other Lashonis, but uh, Megillah would still not be kosher. That's what he asserts. We'll see later that could be challenged. So, um, so why should we be machshir uh, learning from another language? Let them learn Lashon Hakodesh. Elamai, what's the taich that you can create a Loyazes Belaz? It says in the Mishnah you could. Muzman Zagen Loyazes are people a Dafka don't know any other language. Um, and that fits with the, the safe of Halayas Shishoma Ashuris. The implication is, even though he doesn't understand Lashna Kaidesh, but still Lashna Kaidesh is the language, so he's still Yaitzis. So that's what it means in the safe. So, Kaidim Halayas is Balaz. 
also means people who don't understand any other language, this is the only thing they understand. He says that's really the uh, throughout Shas. He wants to bring a raya that throughout Shas, when we say Eloyes, Eloyes, it means people who don't understand another language. Varaya Makas, there's a, an instance that says that Sanhedrin can't hear, uh, can't conduct uh, a, a case through a metorgamon, through uh, an interpreter. So Mara says, there were these Lauzi that came to Rava uh, for, uh, for the case, and Rava set up a turgamon, or the Ramban quote says he set up an Amaira, which is the same thing as we know, an Amaira is a metorgamon. So the Gemara asks, how do you do that? We thought you can't. And uh, the Gemara says, I don't know, Rava understood what they were saying. <clears throat> he just uh, couldn't communicate with them. He couldn't uh, speak well enough to talk to them in their language. So he had him a turgamon so he can talk to them, but he, he must have been able to understand what they were saying to him. So what do we see here? That they're Hani Lauzi. These are people that don't speak the same language. If they did, then they would just uh, speak in a language he understood. Obviously, they only spoke the other language. So that's the idea that Amban says. And because they don't understand Hebrew, so even though we said in the end that even if you don't understand Hebrew, Hebrew you can always be Yitzel with. But because they don't understand Hebrew, so because she they might, you know, just barely remater to read to them in a language they understand. Because there is the mitzvah of Kriya, Pesuminisa, and it, it, it makes more sense if you can, to read it in a language that they comprehend. So uh, that's why we were to that just barely, just for that. Um, and, uh, and also so that, what, 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 if you, what if this guy is alone? What if a guy who doesn't read Hebrew only reads it in a language is alone? How is he going to be made to himself? The only way he can be made to himself is if you allow him to read it in a language he understands. However, according to Ramban, if you understand how short you understand Hebrew, then you're only always only going to be Yetzirah in a Hebrew document. Now, there's a price, uh, an interesting price in the Gemara, <clears throat> which mentions a bunch of languages. The price says, Giptis le Giptim, Ivris le Ivrim, Elomis le Elomim, Yavonis le Yavonim Yatza. First of all, well, what's Giptis and, and Ivris and Elomis? So, Giptis is like the word Egyptian. Uh, today, they're called Coptic. If you hear, have heard of the Coptic uh, Christians in, in Egypt, it's all the same word, it's all the same Shadish. So, uh, so that's the language the uh, Gemara is referring to, Giptis, or the Braisa. Now the question is, what is Ivris Ivrim? That's a bit confusing, because Ivris usually almost always means Lashon HaKadosh, but here clearly it doesn't. So Rashi says, Ivris Lashon Ever Hanar. Some say it means, uh, must mean Aramaic in this context. And Elomis, Elom is partisan Madai. Uh, Elom is not, uh, I think the, the, the key of the experts say that Shushan was actually an Elom. That's from that, that region. So uh, the Gemara mentions the Braisa, the Gemara quotes the Braisa with these languages, and it says that you could read all these languages to the people that speak them. So L'chayre, it sounds like, go ahead. So Ramban says, no, again, L'loyazes Giptis Gomer, only people who speak exclusively Giptis, Ivris, etc. But if they understood Hebrew, we'll touch that Braisa the same way, you're not yet in another language. Then he quotes the Rambam, he calls him Harav Ramesha Svardi. The Rambam is from Spain. So uh, he says, uh, the Rambam writes, he quotes the Rambam, If you, if you read it in another language of one of the nations, you know, unless you speak that language. Now, this word bovad is a little tricky, actually. What does the word bovad mean here? Does it mean, you're only Yetzir if you understand the language, but if you don't understand the language, then you're not Yetzir in a foreign language. But it doesn't matter whether you know Hebrew or not. Uh, or does it mean, like the Ramban is saying, that uh, only you only know that language and not Hebrew. So the way all the Rishayim understand the Ramam is the first way. 
that Makar Eisalosh Mavad just meant that you actually have to understand this foreign language. But the Ramam never spelled out that uh, you have to not know Hebrew. And apparently there's also a tshuva of the Ram. I didn't look it up, but people I'm inside, there's a tshuva of the Ram that made this clear. That's how he understood it, that you could understand Hebrew, but you just have to understand the foreign language. So he quotes the Rambam. He says, no, I disagree with the Rambam respectfully. Um, you have to not understand Hebrew, and you can't just call any Yim Chutzlaret who knows uh, the local language. You can't call him Leah. That's not what we're talking about. And then he says, it's a Yerushalmi. It's a Mephurish Yerushalmi that Amban says. What does the Yerushalmi say? Say, Rabo B'Shem Rabo Lozer, that Yedei Ashuris V'Yedei Allahs is Yetzir Ashuris. Belaz is Yetzir Allahs. Yedei Ashuris V'Yedei Allahs. Maoshi Yetzir is a Chedem Belaz. The Mamish sounds like this question. If you know both, can you be Yetzir others with Laz? And in the Gemara, the Yerushalmi says, Kol Sheni Chayev B'Davar, Eni Yetzir is a Rabbi M'Dei Chivasan. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for others. So the Yerushalmi seems to be saying, Klar, that uh, this exact word, that if you understand Hebrew and other language, so you're not yet uh, the other language, because you know Hebrew. And mainly, you can't be made to the others. So it's all right there, clearly, in the Yerushalmi. He quotes another Yerushalmi in Saita, where uh, it also seems to be saying the same thing. And the Ramban concludes, mm-hmm. There's some places in Spain that make this mistake. So here is the earliest Edus, essentially, that we have. The Ramban lived in the previous century. He lived in the uh, 1200s. And the Ramban's already uh, implying that in Spain, was already uh, this practice had already started spreading of reading the Megillah in Spanish. That's the, the earliest it gets. So that's, uh, so the Rivash quotes this Ramban. He says, the Ramban said, you, you can't be might see others if you uh, know Hebrew. Uh, and it's Yerushalmi, he says, which we know from the Ramban. And the Rashba is also this opinion. You look in the Rashba in Megillah. So he starts by quoting Rashi, which we don't have, but Rashi seems to be saying, as long as you understand the other language, even if you know Hebrew, and the Chain Dasa Rambam's out, the Edenira came in, you show me, quotes the Yishami, the Oids, he's Medaic for the Mishnah, Halayas, Shishoma Ashuris, in the Sefer, just like the Nambar was Medaic, in the Sefer, it's Mashma. What's the Chiddush? Halayas, Shishoma Ashuris, Yatza, what's the. Obviously, the Chiddush is, even though he doesn't understand Hebrew, he's still being Yetzir because Hebrew is the standard language. The lawyers in the Mishnah is talking about people who don't understand Hebrew. And this is what the Ramban Taka wrote, but the Kutav, the Ramban was still alive when the, when the Rajma wrote this. He writes a lashon of uh, Chaim on him. And then the Rajma says, actually, I could say for a carrot also. Uh, this you shall me, tell me to you shall me, but it's Loi Mashma Kain. From the Lishna de Masnissen, because it says, Avo Kairin Oisa, Lilayazais Belaz. Not Kairin Oisa, Halayazais Belaz. If you said Kairin Oisa, Halayazais, it sounds like people that don't know any other language. But if you're saying Kairin Oisa, Lilayazais, it implies that the person reading it has the option of doing both, and he's reading it for them in the language they understand. So this word that you can't be made to others. I mean, they themselves don't, let's say they, they themselves talk only understand uh, one language, you're doing it for them. It's hard to say that Ashba says from the Lush and the Mishnah, it's hard to say that you can't be made to others if that's what they need. But the Rabbi Ashba says, El Shehem, are you Bikin, Belosh, and Hamishnah Yaser? He says, The people that came before me, they're more Bucky, or the Yishami, they're more Bucky in the Lush and Hamishnah. So I, I can be Medayak uh, all I want, but uh, I can't be Medayak against how my predecessors understood the Mishnah. 
can't use a deer against them. The Rajvah's maskana was also to be machmer. The Rivashla's Gamarav Anvidal de Tolusa, not Lazeb Sifra. Anyone know who the Anvidal de Tolusa is in the Sifra? No? It's the, the Mark and Mishnah on the Rambam. Uh, that's the first major Pirish that uh, explains the Makaitis on the Rambam. We don't have it on the Rambam. That's why the Kesaf Mishnah, the Besesa came and was Mashlam. Um, and he's only known by uh, his Spanish name, Ran Vidal. Um, so in the Sefer, Magad Mishnah, you look at Abtaka, it's Taka right there. They're all from the same Chay, they're all from the same school, the, Ram, the Ramban, the Rashba, the Ram, the Magad Mishnah. So he writes, the Rambam wrote what he wrote, the Mishnah says what it says, Rashi, he quotes the same Rashi that we don't have, and then he says, Menira from Rashi, and neither from the Rambam, that even if you know Hebrew, you can still be to the language. Very near to Kim El Yishalmi, Atkam, the Chadushi Harashba, he's basically quoting the Rashba, the Chen Kosovar Rambanzal. So the Magad Mishnah, and apparently to Rivash, just even though it's a Pirish on the Rambam, he still lists him as uh, in his column. Here's uh, another uh, one of us who uh, passed in this way. Then he says, Va'atom Ereinu Lo'elam Tichya, and you, the Ram yourself, you wrote, and it's the, we have the Ram, uh, which is a, a, a Pirish on the Rif. Uh, on Megillah, you also wrote Shiesh Lachish the Divya Ramban. If you look in the Ram there, so he starts off, Kernes Aloysus Palas, Pirish Rashi, Chenev Divya Ramban, Hikshah Ramban, even the Kolosh and Eni Kasha, the Ramban's big Kasha was that uh, if you can't write it in another language, so why would you say that you can learn it, Stamazoi? Therefore, he said only those who don't understand Lashon Kaidash. And then the Ran says, We'll get back to it uh, later. And he explains how he can understand the Mishnah totally different than the Ramban. It would be no problem to learn for others. And then he concludes, As we shall see. So that was the Ran's Maskana also. <clears throat> so the Rivash is very aware of uh, what everyone has to say on the topic. So this is where I'm coming from. This is where the Rivash says, uh, I learned that uh, you can't just learn in Spanish for people if you know Hebrew. Then he says, but the problem is that I'm not the only Chacham. I'm not the only Chacham here in uh, Saragossa. There's also a Chacham Anichbad, Rabbi Yosef Ibn David, who we know, I think, only from this and a few other Chubas, from the Rivash. And uh, he's expressing his support and his backing for all of their practices. He says, I'm not sure why. I can only speculate. I have four, four options. Is either it's lachnifam manim tzachin be'ineim. He's trying to pander to them, and uh, here the Rivash uh, took a position that's uh, that's unpopular. So he'll take the popular position. Number one. Number two. Im lahavi Maybe he wants to uh, put me in my place a little bit to make me look a little uh, dumb. I made that job. I made a statement that went out and on a limb, and then he uh, says the opposite. So uh, maybe it's deliberately uh, not uh, for them, but for me. Or number three, it's he feels it's his own honor, his own dignity, because it's been going on for 30 years, and he's been here this whole time, and he never had any problem with it. And now the new Rav comes and says there's a problem, so you could see why he would not feel comfortable with that. And number four, maybe all three reasons together. So uh, not only not only Rebbe David, but also there's a Nechbad V'yashish. There's also uh, another person here. His name is Don Ezra Lebne Elazar. He spells it uh, with like an Aleph, so it sounds like it's like a Spanish name. 
So Don Ezra Elazar, who apparently must have been like the Reish Shakol or something like that, the non-rabbinic community leader. So they paired up. They're both defending the covet of uh, Minuk Saragosa. They're not uh, relenting so easily. And they're saying, we don't want to change our Minig. Is already the Minig of, of where we live? Um, and uh, he throws in a line that uh, and Hagen B'Shev which I think is saying that uh, if all, all they have to do is continue, you know, to say we don't want to change our Minig, so then even the smallest person says, no, oh, we're standing up for uh, Minig Saragosa. It's easy to uh, take that position. And they brought a raya from the Ramban. What did the Ramban say? The Ramban concluded that They said, ah, the Ramban himself attested that this is a widespread minute in Spain. The Ramban said, So this is not just minute Saragossa, this is minute Svara. The Ramban said so. They do it in so many places. Why should we drop our minute? I, the Ramban said, that all those people doing it made a, are doing a mistake. Well, thank you for your testimony that it's our minig, and Adarabba to you, we don't accept your uh, disagreement. So they, they, even, they even managed to recruit the Ramban to their cause. So that's his first argument. Should, are we all beholden to this sheet of the Ramban, which the Rashba expressed some hesitancy, the Ram, but ultimately they all uh, got behind the, the Ramban and accepted his sheet so what, what should we do here? Now he comes up with the second taina, even the shito song. He says, I told them, even kedivrechem, but still the minute where you're doing it now is betos is wrong. And here's where it gets uh, somewhat interesting uh, in terms of the, what he's about to quote. He says, you have the pasuk, the words, the Gemara talks about this. You want to get to that. You have these mysterious words. The Megillah has a lot of interesting words. From different languages, but then you have the, the, the top of the law is the What are they? So he says, I looked in your translation in Saragossa, and here he actually quotes, and uh, so someone else said this is the only quote in Yishoinim uh, actually quoting from these types of translations directly. He says, It says, Los Potros Fijos de las Yeguas. I, uh, it's written in Hebrew. I uh, you know, it took some time to break my head to figure it out, but uh, later the Ran gives some clues as to what it's uh, what it's trying to say, and uh, we'll see more about that. So, potros in Spanish till today means uh, a foal. A foal is a young horse, and uh, fijos today in Spanish it turned into hijos, but it, it's the same word that means uh, the son, the child of. In English, you have the word fil, filial means the child of it's a shirish and Latin in many languages, how it gets pronounced changes. So at the time of the uh, Rivash in Spanish or Catalonian was uh, more like Fijos, and, uh, and now it's more like Hijos. Uh, and Yeguas are, uh, are mares, are a female horse. So Los Potos, Fijos de las Yeguas means the young horses, the sons of the female horses, which is interesting. Why would you say that? I mean, Ashtaranim is... Young horses and Bnei Ramachim is sons of the female of the mares. So he says, that's how you read it. He says, V'chein Kosov Megillah, which I assume means in the Spanish Megillah. He says, Uman Salak who went upstairs and came back and told you that that's the Taich of Ahashtron and Bnei Ramachim? And in fact, Chazal say in this Sugya Megillah, do we know what Ahashtron and Bnei Ramachim means? We don't know. And the Gemara brings that as a raya to, uh, to say that 
able to read in Hebrew, even mm-hmm. though we ourselves don't understand. Even if we know Hebrew very well, we don't understand what Hashanah and Amachim are yet. We're still yet. So that's the reason for the last end of the Mishnah that you can read. Ashuris to Elias, who clearly doesn't understand. And uh, we're, all the same, we're all on the same page. We don't understand Hashanah and He doesn't understand anything. So uh, it's all the same. And it's all presuminism. It's just Kriya. We're trying to do our best. That's the, that's the context the Gemara mentions it in. So he takes it. And uh, turns it around and says, Ebazoi, that you know, at least you're saying the correct words. You don't understand what it means, but you're saying the words that, that belong there. But once you uh, try rendering it in another language and you're making stuff up, so uh, instead of saying the correct thing, you said the uh, gibberish. So you're skipping those words from the Kriya, and you lost the whole Kriya, he says. Void, why put yourself in a Suffolk? Why don't you do what the Chazal did? Chazal themselves could have started reading the Megillah in other languages, and they didn't, even though the Nashim didn't understand Lashon HaKadosh. How do we see this? Because the Gemara itself says, um, it says, The Gemara says, It's the same thing with the women in the Amiyaretz who don't understand Hebrew, so the Lashon also doesn't understand Hebrew just because he lives totally somewhere totally different. He speaks even a different language. The Nashim and Amiyaretz Mangas also don't uh, understand the Megillah. So you see the Megillah is acknowledging the fact that the Nashim already then didn't understand the Megillah, but the it didn't occur to the Gemara to say that we should start uh, reading in a different language in Bavel. So uh, let's follow. It's like Minik Chazal. We should follow Minik Chazal who didn't switch languages. So uh, that was the first case. Now just briefly, just uh, somewhat interesting. The second thing that bothered him was that they had a Minik that if you're going to sell property, you had to announce on Shabbos between Yitzer and Musaf four Shabbosim in a week um, that whoever has a schos or tviya, a claim, anything relating to this property before it changes hands again, has 30 days, they announced it over the course of four weeks, 30 days to come, and uh, that's the, the, the amount of time they have. Otherwise, you lose your schos. And uh, he was very disturbed by the idea that they were doing this on Shabbos itself. We were announcing uh, such vachadikah matters on Shabbos. Shabbos, and it's also like a gemar din, you know, do a gemar din, you might come to write, and they said, what do you mean? He was here and he made Askamas and Takanas 90 years ago. And they showed him the actual Lashon of Takanas, and it seemed to say in the Askamas and Takanas to do this. And he says, This Rabbi Yosef, my nemesis, friend, frenemy, Rabbi Yosef Ibn David, is being an ayah, and in Gemara it says that the Meredes, the woman, is uh, rebelling against her husband. So first the Gemara says, maybe we should give a knas every week, take off uh, some money. And then the Gemara says, no, we take the hoksubu off in one shot, but we give four-week notice. So everyone gets to hear and show an announcement that Yankel's wife is, uh, you know. And, uh, and after the four warnings, um, then, uh, then the taka kicks in. So you see, you do make these announcements and show on Shabbos. Uh, there it's Shalom Bias, he says. Shalom Bias is different. And he says, I heard, this some research, I heard that in Hueska, right, Uska, which is Hueska, they do it Matzah Shabbos on a Monday and Thursday. But in Tudela, they talk to do it on Shabbos. And I'm not sure, I'm confused, that Allah himself seems to be on the record approving this, but I really can't uh, countenance it, I can't stomach it. So let me know, uh, you know, who's right, what should we do? And the third one was that a woman made a shlich like a bola for a get, that we received the get in her stead. 
uh, from her uh, Arusa, from someone she was engaged to, but uh, apparently they're still doing Eris in, uh, in Spain at the time. So she mama she needed a get. So she sent a shliach like a bala to get a get uh, in Valencia, from Saragossa to Valencia. And he didn't bring back a get. He brought back a Maisa Bastin that they ripped the get because that's a whole topic in its own right. I think Mara says they used to tear the get uh, because of Zaydis. And then uh, for some reason, the Minig in Europe was to still tear up the get. And uh, one of the Makreders says, the, the Talmud of the Trimus Hadashian says that he said, that uh, it's like one of those things that we keep doing, even though uh, the context is fully uh, not, not, no longer here, but we're still tearing up the get. So they tore up the get, and they wrote a Maisa based in that uh, we did it, it's all good, it's all fine, and she can get married. But uh, the Rivash didn't like the star Maisa based in things the way it was written. He wasn't sure these people uh, are quite up to snuff with uh, this whole getting the Kedushin thing. Um, you didn't have a clear eye, but just things about also the Lashon there. He says you could hide shit and that he did it wrong. So uh, maybe we can uh, investigate in Valencia. This basin should be uh, made in front of another basin that they did it right. They do another base. So I was, uh, I'm about this. These are the three things. He says, but the, but the Chacham Hanisker, my nemesis, he's Mekel Harbe, he's very lenient for himself and for others. So, but in I still give him tremendous respect due to his uh, knowledge and his age. So apparently he was a Tam Chacham. Uh, he goes in and out first. I let him, uh, you know, he's doch the, the Vasek. So, uh, so I'm waiting for your response. And the Rivash says to the Ram. And um, then he signs off and he says, uh, I send regards to your children, Don Chizdai and Don Reuven, the Ran's children. Uh, and again, some brachas for the Ran himself. Timlech, Tinase, Biakarcha, Bahar, Badar, Goyen, Uzech, Akisi, Hashem, Lamalach, and Kali Yisrael, Teshu, Vayel, Mufnei, Kim. And Nihu, he signs Yitzhak, Bereb Sheshis. Okay, so now is the, the question on the problem. So now we move on to the Shur of the Ran, which is printed, Behemshach, there in Shuvah Sarivosh. And the Shalz Shuvas of the Nan himself, there's some editions where it was printed and some that it wasn't. But it's taken from the Shot Rivash. The Rivash had this uh, correspondence. So, Ran, just briefly, is Rabbeinu Nisim, Ben Rebruven, Girondi. He lived around the same time as the Rivash, a little bit earlier, from 1315 to 1376. Uh, of course, we know he's one of the great Rishonim, Pirush on the Gemara. He was born in Gironia, which is why he's known as Girondi. He spent his adult life in Barcelona, which is where the Rivash learned from him. Um, at some point, he was almost like the Ramban and the Rajba in their time. He was like the, 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 the godal of Spain. So uh, two Chuvas later, in the Rivash, House of Chuvas, Rivash, Simon Shin Sadik, it says, Chuvas Arav Nisim, on the three questions. He starts off also with Lashainas. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to do your job as a rav very well. So, uh, number one, you told me, and he summarizes the whole question about the Megillah. He states, restates it back to him. In short, at kan So, he says, uh, I have to say, what you're saying is very correct. Great, perfect, well said. And here comes a vart that became very, very famous, and it's quoted in say, countless chuvas about many, many topics under the, uh, the sun. You can make it sheer just out of all those interesting uh, controversies, Mustama. 
He says, "Afilu be'iskei ha'olam." When it comes to business, call maskil boichel and afshoi haderech hayeser betuach v'hameshumar mikol nezek u'michshel. If you're trying to do things right, so anyone who's intelligent, call maskil at least, chooses the path of uh, the most certainty and has the most protection from things that can go wrong. Afilu be'afsharachik, even uh, even a more unlikely possibility, you want to avoid, you want to cover your bases and. and, and Assure yourself that you're not at risk. That we should do this, you have to do in the best way possible. So this is always great whenever uh, people are doing things that are, and they say, look, we always did it this way, but Allah, you can always say, the non said, you always have to choose. Uh, and he says, in another line, he says, If our predecessors, our rabbis, went down a certain path, and we know that's a good path, how can we abandon that path and place ourselves and squeeze ourselves into a very uncomfortable path without anything even pushing us, pressuring us? So that's uh, another line, another argument. He says, if it was a if there was this was very urgent, meaning for some reason he felt that Claudius Roll would have to gain, it would be a net benefit from being matter this. I would be quiet. That's not how they're looking at it. They're not seeing this as a psamila. They see it just as a chasaran, so you might as well drop the chasaran and go back and do things better. He says, Lania Chasavadai. Which is for sure, Lashon Hakodesh is good, and to take a suffix, which is maybe other languages is okay, is not acceptable. But Shum Panim for such a chashuva kohol like this, like Saragosa, uh, and even the Divrei Hamatirin, you're right. Even if you say that it's not a problem, it's a chitus. But you made the point about the Hashtranim and Eramachim. You're getting the words wrong. He says, "I'll tell you." He says, "I want to tell you." that I actually put some effort into this. I didn't just reflexively agree with you. I put some thought into maybe defending the Minig in Saragossa, but and I failed. On the second thing, the Achashtranam. This is also, this is uh, interesting where he starts getting into what does Achashtranam Reh Ramachim mean? So he says, Chazal say, uh, do we know? So I thought maybe, they didn't, they didn't mean to say, didn't know what means. Maybe they meant, the point still stands that uh, you're, you're asking about uh, why we can read our shuris to the lawyers, to the nation, to the Even we don't know, uh, or most of us, most of the Eilam, if they understand, doesn't know what We're not uh, getting uh, completely, uh, you know, tzakrast over that. So, that was the point of the Gemara. So even those that are, we wouldn't call an Amaretz don't know those words because these are very unusual words and there's nowhere else in Tanakh. Even if you're good at uh, opening a Tanakh, you would look, you wouldn't find any clues that can, other, other psukim, other contexts that can help you out. Um, but Avu Bikain, surely one can argue Chazal did know. They had a, they had a Kabbalah what it meant. So I said, Abazoi, maybe the translation, maybe the Spanish translation in Saragossa, is uh, preserving some ancient tradition, ancient Jewish tradition about what the real taich of Achashtaranam and Eramach was. didn't discount it right away, the Ran says. So, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to just, uh, can't, you can't just cancel a minute. Maybe if I can't, you come up here, you're throwing a reason at them, you did a research, you got to research it first. 
So I started looking in the Mepharshim. I started looking, uh, what is Ahashtranim and Ahramachami? So I, I saw that some of them say that Ahashtranim is a, 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 a word combined of two. Forgetting what the technical English term for that is, but uh, you're combining two words together. And it's Ahash Train. Um, and the Nun is extra. And the Yud and the Mem is plural. And what does that mean? That it's uh, animals that are mixed. They're mixed animals. They have a father from one species and a mother from another species. Um, and that would be, and what's the product? The, the mule, essentially, the horse and the donkey. The product is a mule. And that's what the Achashtronomar, that's what I found in one of the Mepharshim. And then the question is, you can have a mule both ways. There might be terms for the English, I didn't look up. Which parent is the horse? Which parent is the donkey? So therefore, the Pasuk is Mamshech, Bnei Haramachim, and the Ramachim is Taka horse. So it would be a female horse. So it would be the mules, but where the mother is a, a horse dafka. Why is that significant? Because those are more chashiv. Yeah, a mule where the mother is the horse is, is better. So that's what Ktsas Hamafarshim said. And that appears to be the uh, Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra's touch. So he said, I did some research because I don't know what Patros means. In other words, Tela Yeguas Taka means the sons of the mares. That part sounds good. That part stems of the Ibn Ezra. It's the, 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 the sons of the female horses. What's Patras? Right? So, uh, it says, I asked the people who speak this language, maybe uh, you know, Catalonian versus Aragonian, Korean is different. Uh, whatever the case is, he asked, I asked them if they call mules Patras, and they said no. They said Patros means a young horse, just like it means in Spanish, that Patros is a, is a, a foal. So Ebazai, this, this Taijus Taka saying, the young horses, sons of the female horses. Ebazai, it's Pashat Meshubah, what you're saying is nonsense. Kolshikan, according to Rashi, which is what Rashi says in, in Esther, that it's Mineg uh, Malam, some kind of camel. Uh, the Ran seems to be saying that all you have to do is change the, the word a little bit. Instead of saying potros, say mulos, uh, whatever the word is for mule. The Ran doesn't actually go out and say that. He's trying to ultimately support the Rivash here. He says, oh, they have their translation's bad. Boom. No good. And then what about the Ikaradin? What about your, your main argument, which was, if there's Megillah written, Bill Laz, are you Yetze if you know Hebrew? So you already saw what I wrote, <clears throat> my Piddush on the Halachas, my Piddush on the Rif. And there, what I mostly did was, I actually defended Rashi, what he calls Shittas Rashi. I actually mostly defended Rashi against the, the Ramban, because there's a Bechlekes, about writing Sifretayr in other languages. And uh, this Gemara seems to imply, I can get into it, this Gemara seems to imply that this Mishnah is the Fishidas Chachamim. And according to Chachamim, this Machlek is in the first parak. The Svarim can be written in any language. So Megillah, Ibazai can also be written in a language. I, it's not Mamaya, the language that you don't understand. Because according to Chachamim, you can write the Sefer in any language. You can write a Megillah in any language. So uh, I'm going to choose to understand that you can also learn the Megillah in any language that you, that you, that you please. And that's the, the price of Giptus Legiptium, right? The Ramban felt that there was a shtikl against him. The price was sounds like Giptus Legiptium. You can read uh, any language you want, uh, even if you understand the uh, Lashna Kaidish. Um, and anyway, it says that uh, the Gemara itself says, I'm not Nashim, I'm Hilaretz. 
the idea that uh, you don't have to understand fully what you're saying. So the miyot, it's enough to make the miyot that it's just in my language that you totally don't understand. But if you understand the language, it should be fine. I, what about the Lashon lawyers as Balaz? Even though the Ramban Taka argued that lawyers is supposed to mean people that are completely foreign, that only speak another language. Yes, you're right, that's the word lawyers this doesn't apply that. But Urchot the Milsenakat, that's just normal. Someone understands Lashon Akadesh, why would they read it in another language? Could be you're allowed to, but why would you? So the Mitzis is that you would probably do it for those that speak others' languages. So lawyers Taka means those that speak other languages, but it's not a deal. It could also mean if you understand. Hebrew. And it's ID the Katani Seifa. There, it's Dafka, lawyers who talk, doesn't understand anything else. And the Chiddush is that he could still uh, read in Hebrew to him. So that's why I mentioned lawyers as in the nation. But in Achinami, the Rabbanon culture, they are Lashna Kadesh, Lashna Laz, Yetzabishteh. That's all according to Chachamim. And the Rantain is the Lachla, the Gemara is like Chachamim. However, according to the Gamliel, who says that you can only write it in Lashna Kadesh and Yavani, so you could say, Lafishi, the Sadam Gamliel. If you understand Hebrew, then all the other languages are no good for writing or for reading. Um, but even he probably would be made the, that would be the Ramban Shit. He would be made to that, that if you're not blocking Lashna Kaidash, he'll agree to the Mishnah, he'll agree to this din, that you can read it only for those who don't understand anything else. Because we didn't hear that he disagrees with the price of Giptus to Giptim. And it's a smarter Pisuminissa and the Iker Pisumanasis to understand it. So if you don't understand anything other than Giptus, Iker Pisuma is in Giptus, even though you can't write Sfarim in it according to Rangam Leo, but uh, Pisuminissa overrides that for this guy. But uh, only for that guy. But if you know Ashokai is according to Rangam Leo, then, uh, so, that's, so that's how he wants to explain it. He wants to say he would re- rather go with Chachamim and say that it's okay for everyone. I, what about the Rishalmi? You could say the Rishalmi is only the Shittas of Rangam Leo, but uh, the Rishalmi is not Lafi Halacha. And that fits also with the Lashon HaMishnah. This dear that Rashma mentioned, that you're reading it for the Lashon Mashma, you're a Talmud Chacham, and you're still reading it to them in a language they understand. And that's, then I quoted earlier, he continued, however, the Ramban, so the Ramban, the, the, however, the Svarim, the Ramban, they all Paskin, seem to be Paskin like Ramban Leel, the Halachos, be Paskin like that, so then uh, the Din will change, the Gabe, this and that. So the Ran says, you surely know what it says there. I don't have to copy and paste it here. And uh, even the Yushalmi, that's only according to here. It's, it's, I think our, our Gersh in the Mishnah says Shem Gamliel, and here in the Chub it says Shem Gamliel, even though in the Kedush Heran says Shem Gamliel. That happens sometimes. Um, so Mamela, uh, because the Maisa, the Svarim, seems to be passing like Shem Gamliel when it comes to writing Sifritari, when it comes to writing Megillah, so we're passing that in writing. That's why we end up passing that in, in reading. So that's why, that's what I wrote in my Chiddush. I don't have to be Ma'erach. I know you have a copy of the Sefer. I don't have to copy and paste it for you. Uh, he says, now, because uh, I enjoy the discussion with you so much, I decided, I, wanna, I don't want this Chuba to end so fast. I'm going to jump back into the Yushalmi and see if I can get the Yushalmi itself to fill with the Rambam. He goes into tremendous Arichas, not going to get into it, but uh, like every Yerushalmi, there's ways to explain it in other ways. But then he concludes, even though again, so even in his Chedoshim, in his Chub, he keeps on leaning towards saying, maybe it should be fine, especially Mitzah, the reason of uh, the Ramban, and if you know Hebrew. But then again, he ends off in line with his time in the beginning, we have a Derech Meruvach, we have a path that's clear, 
We might see the women with Hebrew. There's no suffix. Why should we place ourselves in a suffix and we might see the women in Spanish by someone who knows Hebrew? That's how he concludes that discussion. Then he addresses about the Meicher Karka, the announcements on Shabbos. He agrees with the Rivash. He also, you wrote about the Isha Achas with the Get, with the Basin, and you're skeptical. He seems to agree with him on that also. So they, uh, they see eye to eye, the, the Rebbe and the Talmud, the Rivash and the Ran. And then he ends off with some nice Lashayness that um, he almost writes it for Kurtz. That uh, you see that by leaving me, I seem sad, and you're trying to be Menachemi. So, but what, uh, how does that help? You know, and he got a Skhtana, how's that going to, uh, you know, how's that going to help exactly? So they're, very, they're expressing their feelings for each other, very close to each other. But he says, what I, uh, what I feel good about is that at least you have this very Hashiva position. Uh, and that's good. If you're in a good place, that's good for me as well. And uh, he signs, I, I send you regards, your yeshiva, befrat, shloim bincha havasik, sending regards to your son, signs, nisim b'rubruven, and as we find a lot of these tshuvas uh, from those times, they also copy the uh, address, and they used to send a letter, so on the outside they used to write who it's addressed to, so, she'al haksav, peimich shevet, kavno ma'il l'teru l'gdullah, chacham agadol ha'shibori nesiamer, harav rab yitzchak, Better fact that we really see the last name gets mentioned. So that's the Chuvah of the Ran back to the Rivash, where ultimately agree with him, and he wrote this classical taina about uh, why put yourself in a in a suffolk when you have a vada, why abandon the derech that's meruvach uh, and go into a narrow path. And he agreed with him that this particular Spanish translation is terrible. What happened Lamaisa in Saragossa? Uh, we don't. We don't seem to know, and some of the chaykrim uh, guessed or assumed that uh, the Rivash won, and some assumed the opposite. And you can assume whatever you want. Now, when it comes to this translation, so like I said, it took me. I you know, put in effort to try to decipher it. Until I did, once I deciphered it, I found that uh, there has been other things written on this translation, and I found a very, very interesting article that talks about this translation specifically in the context of early translations of Tanakh into Spanish. This is an article by um, someone by the name of Dove or Bernard Septimus. He's a professor emeritus of Jewish history and Sephardic civilization at Harvard. And he wrote an article about early translations of the Torah into Spanish, and specifically the case of Ahashtor and Brehar Amachim. And uh, he says that um, there are more, trans- you know, more than you'd realize there are more translations of the Torah into Spanish from this period. Uh, there's a famous one he mentioned, which is the Biblia de Alba. You can look it up. The Alba Bible is a, uh, a, a illuminated manuscript translation of uh, just the Tanakh from the year 1430, so uh, you know over 50 years before uh, the Girush, translated from Hebrew, Hebrew into Castilian, and uh, it was translated by a rav by the name of Moshe Aragel, on behalf of Don Luis de Guzman, who was uh, an important figure, uh, he uh, tried to bring. Uh, he was trying. It sounds like this. This the Don uh, Luis was trying to bring Jews and non-Jews together. It should be friendly. So they made this project of translating uh, the whole Torah into Spanish by from Yid. I believe they say it also has like Kaaris Mefarshim on it. Very interesting. There are other translations as well. And he says lately, in the last uh, while. 
they've been publishing these manuscripts. They're also very early uh, translations that were printed uh, before maybe you would have realized that these things are being printed. Um, so he says, the main thing he discusses here is this, tshuva. So you have this yivash and the ran, and you have this pasuk, and uh, of course, is the big mystery, and the Rivash quotes, the Rivash quotes, Los, Patros, Fijos, De Las, Yeguas. He's misakim the discussion. And what did the Rivash say? The Rivash ultimately said that the, the translation he would have accepted would have been the mules, the sons of the female horses. He says, where does this come from? He says, the Rivash mentions, not by name, but he mentions Ibn Ezra. So that, that traces back to the Psadja Goyen. The Goyen has his own translation of uh, Tanakh into Arabic. And uh, that's how Psadja Goyen translates and Ibn Ezra and Radak uh, agreed with that. Um, so you see that in the Bnei Ramachim here. Bnei Ramachim is translated as Delas Yaguas, so that's female, that's a mare. But uh, what's, with the, what's up with the Potros, right? That was the problem. He says, he says either you know, didn't understand the word or whatever. He, as he says, he asked people about it. Uh, and that was the end of that. And he says, wrong, and uh, that's the last, we only know uh, from Spain, those are the only two trips we know about this. Says, However, he says, there's more, we have more information now. We can actually check more sources. We have two medieval translations that were printed recently. Uh, they're both called the Escorial Manuscripts, number three, number four. And in those Spanish manuscripts, they talk to translate it, Los Mulos. So they talk, uh, seem to be accepting the Ram's Taina, and they said, fine, okay, we'll translate it correctly. You have a problem now. So uh, they translated it to Mulos, and that fits with the Psadja God, and that fits with the Ibn Ezra. Um, so you see, it's very interesting that you find that. Uh, what about Ramesha Arjil in the, the, the Alba Bible? So he actually does something else. He skips the words, he translates just he translates into Spanish as meaning horsemen. Rech is horsemen, and he just skips the rest. And uh, that seems to be like a nod to the Gemara. The Gemara says, we don't know what it means. Uh, fine, so Ramesh doesn't translate it. Um, now there's an interesting, I came across this myself, and he, he, he quotes it. You have Shlema al Famous from the Chadeidi, but uh, should be famous for other things as well. So he has a Pirish on Megillah Sester. So what does he say? He says, Rashi wrote Mine Gemal. Others said it's mules. And then he writes very interesting things. He says, claims the Mefarshim agreed that it's the young horses, the sons of the female horses. And a crime belas shalonu potros b'nei hayeguas. So Shlomo uh, Kavetz comes and Davka says that Patras is Hiskimo uh, Mefarshim, Susim. That's uh, that's what the Alkavetz uh, tain is. And uh, and I heard, or actually I say, I Chazal said we don't know. It means that the Hamoyin doesn't know, but Chazal did know. So he's Mamish claiming that Patras, that's what Chazal uh, must have known. So very interesting. So on the one hand, you're seeing like the, you know that's like a follow-up to the Rivash, but yet he's uh, saying the opposite that uh, we uh, the Mefarshim agree. So what's he talking about? So he says there was you know it's not just this Shuvah, it's not just Rishon Akabetz. There was a, tra- a tra- uh, tradition of Spanish translation, and this Targum from Saragossa wasn't just a bunch of Amayarets that Epis uh, made a mistake. 
for Kurt, it does reflect the legitimate uh, Mercedes. Philip Shlomo Akabetz is still quoting it in the 1500s. Um, and that's why when Shlomo Akabetz quotes it, he quotes it in Spanish. He says the, the scheme of Mepharshim and he quotes Petras, Pet, Potros Yeguas, right? So uh, what this Mepharshim is he talking about? To him, this history of Spanish translations to him, is, 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 he considered a mucker. He says, I found the Targum of Esther from before the Gerush. Uh, was published recently. It has also Perkeyavis and a Kitzur Erechaim and Yeredea from the Tour and a Madrash and other stuff. Um, and all it has, the only Mikra it has is Megillah Sester. And it translates, Rech Menech Shabashtanam Rein Amachim, Los Patros Fijos Delas Yeguas. So you see that it's not just uh, one translation in Saragossa. You see we have independent uh, copies of translations that Taka do have this, what you can call a Masada. According to it's a Masada. Uh, he says, not just that. In Ferreira in 1552, they printed a Siddur in Spanish. He calls it Siddur Ferreira. And it has a translation of uh, Esther in it. And it also says, Los Patros, and here it's already the more modern, it says, Hijos de las Yaguas. Um, however, there's a Tanakh printed in Ferreira a year later where it says, Mulos. So you're seeing some say Patros, some say Mulos, but there's a, a whole uh, discussion, interaction going on here between translations. It's uh, a lot more uh, detailed and elaborate than you might have thought. So he says, Rishonak of Bet still seems to be exaggerating a bit and saying, Hiskimo Hamafarshim. What does Hiskimo Hamafarshim mean? But there's he looked at it as there is a translation going back hundreds of years to translate it as Susan Benes Susius. And I said, according to the Ran, it sounds like his problem is just if it's incorrect. If it's correct, it sounds like the Ran doesn't have a problem. According to the Vash, he seemed to be saying that there's nothing you can say. We have no idea. So therefore, uh, the hole in your Megillah and the whole thing's no good. But Ran just said, it's the wrong touch. If you would have touched it correctly, like the Benazah, I wouldn't have a problem. And I would say, Chazal really knew, and this is what Chazal knew. But uh, here you see that even what uh, the Ran rejected has its own history in, uh, in Spanish Messina. He says, you have it even as late as the 1700s. In Kushta, they printed a Chumash Megillus, and they're still translating it as, and it's in, it's in Ladino, it's in Hebrew letters. I don't know what the previous one he quotes sounds like it was in Spanish letters, I'm not sure. But here he quotes it in Hebrew letters, and it says, Los Potros Ijos de las Yegos. So uh, as late as the 1700s, this Spanish Messiah was still continuing. Obviously, it doesn't mean they were using it to, to be Yaitza. But uh, neither is some Alkabets talking about using it to be Yitzhak. But just the idea of how do you touch these words and that uh, they're still touching it hundreds and hundreds of years later, it's not just uh, something that I'm upgeschlag in the zone. Um, and then he goes in to try to explain where, so obviously to translate it as Mulos, that's Upsajigar. Upsajigar, and I know even Ezra, they also clearly that it's a mule. It says, where does the idea, what's Taka the Mokra to say that Achashtronim uh, could mean a uh, young horse? So he says, there is a Mokra. There is actually a very early Spanish Mokra. One of the big medactikim, very early, the 1000s, was Rubyoyna ibn Janach. And Rubyoyna ibn Janach says, um, he says, Reich viharechesh, and Rechesh and Achashtronim are supposed to be the same thing, right? Reich viharechesh. So he says, in Achesh are Hasusim Hatoivim Shaloi Avru Aleim Shonim Rabbis. You were in Arabic, this is even Tim's translation. But 
Ibn Janach wrote that it's the young uh, horses that haven't lived very long. And he's teaching Rachish that. So in Rachish and Rachish Tzoran and Madoch the same thing. So how would you say that in Spanish? Patras. So uh, if the Ran is saying we need to have up some mocker, there is a mocker. And oh, he says clearly, Ibn Janach says, what is, if I know what Rachish is, what's Rachish Tzoranim? And he gives the possibility. So first he quotes Rachish Tzoranim, and Rachish Tzoranim, and says that it's mules, but he says, in Rachish, Shereitzim boy, Harachish Atzmoy. It's not so right to say, not so far off to say, that it's just another word for Rechesh. Rechesh, Rechesh, it's one thing. Um, otherwise, you have to say it's two things. Uh, what's Rechesh and Rechesh Tronim? So, Bazoi, you have, if you're in Janach, said Klar, that it's the young Susim, and then you have this translation that it's not just one, it's going over the course of generations. And the Rechesh says, it's Kimama Farshim. So, Zestach, uh, that it's uh, actually a lot more Mavusas, uh, on a much greater basis than you might have expected. Yep. So, that's, uh, he mentions that in one translation, in one of these manuscripts, it mentions elephants. That Rachash uh, is elephants, and Nachashtonim is mules. How do elephants land in here? He says it's a mistake in the Arabic. Rachash uh, in the Arabic is Al Chil. And uh, the chaf can easily turn into uh, a fey. So alfil, and then someone translated it into Spanish. In Spanish, it was also alfil, which is an elephant pill. It's all the same shadish. So uh, sometimes you have funny mistakes, but that's obviously not what we're talking about in these chuvas. So now moving on to turn Shulchan Aruch. So I start off by saying that uh, there's a mecha in Shulchan Aruch. So you look in Torah. Torah just mentions about Nicholas B'cholashen, as long as you understand uh, the Beis Yosef quotes the, the Mishnah, he quotes the Gemara, and uh, the idea that if you understand it, your Yitzhak has to be written in the same language. He quotes the Rambam, gets into a different aspect of the Rambam's Lashem, a different Prat, and he says, he quotes the Rivash, he actually quotes the Spanish in the, from the Yudu's Makata very much, he quotes actually that Lashem, that in uh, dua. Meaning, right now he's not even quoting the Ramban issue. He just jumps straight to the Vash saying that we don't uh, have, a, we have a problem with Laz because we don't. The Hashta in Yetzin the Chavasim Megillah Ksuv Vash and Laz. I feel the car lawyers and Makim Ba'isim Lashin because the Gemara says we don't know. And Av Bishon lawyers and Maspatros in Yedua Shazalash Shel Tevis Alalu because if Chachach Meitalma don't know how should we know? That's how he paraphrases the Rivash. And the Bishayis responds to that. He says, if you're asking me, I don't see why that's a problem. You know what we should do? Read the whole thing in Spanish, Lamarzagan. And that was, anyway, the language of uh, the Yidden uh, once the Sephardim moved out of Spain. So Ladino spread in all those areas, Turkey, the Yidden were speaking that. So uh, no problem. You can read this language. And when you get to those words, just say it in Hebrew. Uh, you know, say uh, the horsemen, just say the Hebrew words. I, the person, doesn't understand what those Hebrew words mean. No, no, I mean, that's the halach is. You can understand them again. You can be yes them again if you don't understand it. So, well, for those words, I, you're reading it in two different languages. Where does it say you can't read them again in two different languages? It doesn't say that. So, you can read them again in two different languages and say the words, and uh, everything's fine. I, what about how should you write it? Was you supposed to be reading the Spanish or whatever from something written in that language? So, what are you going to do? She says, even if it says it uh, or whatever, even if it says it in Spanish, not a problem, because we know Megillah is kosher anyway if you skip uh, some words. You can be created a part of it, not a problem. 
Then, after I wrote this, I saw the tshuva of the Ran to the Divash. Not sure, interesting to know why this is if uh, had an interruption between, between seeing the two. Maybe the tshuva to Divash weren't printed yet. Uh, then I saw the tshuva of the, the Ran, and he wrote that in Suffolk, he allows a whom All the Ran said was, What? You have the wrong translation? Possible. And the Ran didn't mention that there's anything you could do about it. I said something you could do, the Ran didn't mention it. And also for the reason I'm about to mention, he also said you should be mecha to not read it the said. Even though, like I say, you read the Ran, for care, it sounds like the Ran doesn't have a problem if you said it correctly in Spanish. But he didn't give us an Eitzah, so there's no Eitzah. Then he quotes the Rav Magid, and that's where he gets into the whole first point about the Ramban, and whether you're Eitzah, if you know Hebrew yourself, and uh, he quotes the Ran, that the Ran himself, Herach, to really shlug up the Ramban, and then in the Tshuva Haran that the Rivash has, uh, he actually went at length to explain the, the Yishalmi according to uh, the Ramban. We explained both sides, really. Um, but Afal Pikain, when it came to what the Rivash said, they're not Baki Nachashtranim, and even if they're Baki, it's still not right because of the Ramban. He wrote Lash Nazar, and now he quotes in the beginning of the Ran. And this famous Lashon, Kamasko, Bech, Menafshay, Darach, Yisr, Betuach. Um, ends off on, on this note that with Arashon and and the way we always did things, and that itself is a powerful enough argument and a reason to not change things. So now we get to Shulchan Aruch, we open the Shulchan Aruch, the way the Machaber uh, uh, rendered that in Halacha was. Belaz. That was uh, how it's written in the Shulchan Look in the Be'er HaGayla, what's the marker? Look in the Taz. It's interesting to see what each of the Reis quotes. The Taz only quotes So that sounds like it's the, uh, the Ramban issue. Why go, uh, we had a path that's clear, why go on the wrong path? Magan Avram says, Yesh Limches, he brings Dafka the other reason, Mishun Deliyadi, Halaz, Shalach Ashtaranim. That's what the Magan Avram chooses to quote. And he asks the same question that Bishayisim asked, just say that part in Hebrew. And he, he comes to the opposite conclusion of the Bishayisim. Yesh Lomar, to Osir Lechatchil, Lechresim, Vez Lashaynas. It's Osir Taka to switch languages in the middle. Where do you know that from? <laughs> Apparently from this, because where else? And the, the discussion continues in the Nesakalim. The Pre-Chadash actually seems to be leaning more towards the Bishesif suggestion that saying it in Hebrew should be fine. The Pre-Magodim also a little bit. The Pre-Magodim also gets into a diok of can you be medayak from the Shulchan Aruch? The Shulchan Aruch said, Yesh limchas biyad ha-kairim nashim So can the Nashim themselves, if they're reading the Megillah for themselves, can they read it in uh, their own language? Which is its own question about women reading Megillahs for men, for women. That's its own topic. If you look at the Mishnah Burr and Aruch HaShulchan, they, they all have accepted the Machabra's Psak and the reasons, and they're fully on board with all of that. So that's how it's being nifzik l'halacha, that uh, you shouldn't do it. I did not find, really, that this topic came up much, much l'halacha, any particular instances where this came up in future generations. In the middle, in the interim, close to the time of uh, the Bishayisif, the talk was a similar question, which the Magen Avram has been to. Shal's Shuvas Mayim Amukim, by the Leo Ibn Chaim, he's also known as the Ranach, lived from 1530 to 1613 in Turkey. And he says uh, another interesting minute that they, they were trying to figure out in uh, in the Turkish Empire, you had the Greek-speaking uh, communities. 
and they uh, some Kehillas there, which is its own discussion. They had a suffix of their Mukhaf Chaim and Yeshua some ancient uh, Greek or Turkish cities. Um, so the minute was they tackled the Purim twice. Anya Dal and Antas and Antas Vav Misafik the Sefer Torah However, by the time the Ranach came around, they don't have been turned into this. They didn't read the Megillah on the second day Antas Vav in Hebrew. They read it out of a special Greek text, a Greek. It's not really a translation. It's Misaper uh, Kolak Kasev the Megillus Esther, but with Midrashim, and it's like a whole retelling, uh, like they had a book, uh, a Greek uh, poem story book, and they read that on Tezvav. They did everything else. They created a title, but on Tezvav, instead of the Megillah, they read this. And uh, the person asking was, "What? Well, what's that supposed to be? I mean, we're trying to maybe do a suffix here. So then, how does that help? How did this minute start? Because can't be it's the Megillah that way, can you?" But they have, they kind of, we come from Kehillus, of Chassidim, and Shemaisa. So uh, he first he gets into the whole question of the Sophic and Allah, which we're not getting into at all. And then he says that uh, this Kriya, um, you can't be Yitzha, because even if it was written, Mila Bamila, Kvart Savcho Allah Kamai, they already have been screaming about this long ago, that you're not Yitzha if you know Hebrew, like the Ran said in his Pirosh on the Rif and in the Tshuva Tarivash. So, uh, uh, Greek happens to have a special status in the Chazal, right? Because even according to the Gomer, Shem Gamliel, that said that you can't write formal languages that didn't say Greek, but the Lamayas Galacha became under Nomen that even Greek doesn't have a special status anymore. It's Nishtabish. Um, especially this Megillah, which is not even a translation. And he says, in fact, if you actually pay attention, it doesn't even have every word, not every pasuk, not every word. It was just a complete retelling of the story. If you retell the perm story, you're not going to get every pasuk into your your, your retelling. So there's chsedes, there's yisedes. So therefore, we have to stop this uh, minig. If you want to be yitzah, yidei chayvus asafik, you have to read the megillah, not this. Uh, he says, if you're if you want to speculate, how did this minig start? He says, I have two theories. Shkias miyavin, who knows? But. Uh, so one theory I have is, is that this started off, that the minute was, that when the second day, when Shushan Purim falls out on Shabbos, because then, like just like this year in Yerushalayim, you don't lay the Megillah on Shabbos, you go, oh, put him a Sholosh, I'll say that what you do. You're not supposed to lay the Megillah, um, right? Otherwise, you might come to Aramis. Instead, what do you do? Shoyelin v'darshim v'nyonishayim, in a place where you're supposed to lay the Megillah on Tezvav, so instead, you're supposed to, you're supposed to talk about Purim. So therefore, that's how the minute started. Dafka and Shabbos, they said, you should lay in this Megillah, you should read the story, because it's like Shalom Adarshan, Binyana Shoyen. And why, what about Shema Yavirah now? Maybe you'll carry this also. I mean, obviously, we still use Farm and Shalom Shabbos. We're not right? So, uh, at this point, we have so many copies of the Sefer, this is already after the printing press, so it could have been printed. I don't know. I don't know if it's printed. To ask the experts. Uh, so they have so many copies in Shul. It's part of the Seder. Everyone has a copy in their Seder of this uh, version of the story of Esther. So there's no, also, you only read it in the Shul. It's not like uh, Vart, where you know, real Megillah, you might, you might, you might lay in it at home. But here, the many Mochatchila was, you come together in Shul and you read it. No one read this thing at home. So there's no Shash Hashem Yavirena. So that would be a theory as to how this started. Dafka and Shabbos. And then it got corrupted, and now they're reading it on Shisham Purim uh, every year, which makes no sense, instead of the Megillah. Or another theory he had was, that the Chatchila, the meaning was, they should read it in both languages. They should lay in the Megillah in Hebrew. But they figured, why just lay in the Megillah in Hebrew and send everyone home? You might as well do a Hebrew and a translation. 
that way. Everyone will appreciate it. Nashim, Nashim, Betaf. And then at some point, it got corrupted, and they only thought they had to do the second part, and they forgot about the Lashon HaKadosh. And he says, and due to this, uh, I would say that we should probably uh, quit this minig uh, at all. I mean, even if we restored the old, let's say my, my second theory is correct. We, we, we restored the old minig, and now we're going to start laying the Megillah again on the second day, plus the Yavani. But you see what happened. If this is what actually happened, if this is how it evolved, that at some point they just stick to the translation, they drop the original, so it can always happen again. Right? Because the original people that made this takana, it never occurred to them that this is what's going to happen. Of course, they thought we're going to lay it in two uh, languages. And somehow, along the way, people uh, get the wrong idea. So therefore, we should eliminate the minig right now. Even if we bring back the Megill, like I say, you have to, Misafik, you should eliminate the, the, the Greek part. He says, I got a report. Some older Sidurim that they had. And it said there clearly, This is first theory that it was only meant to be read when the second day of Purim, Matushim Purim, fell out on Shabbos. Really, both theories are correct. And some also read it on a weekday after they read the Megillah properly. So this supports my theory, and that one thing leads to another, this whole idea. So that is one other case that the Magna of Rome is assigned to Hitzer, who already is quoting the Rivoshan Aran. It's also mentioned in an interesting context that crops up in the 1810s. We spoke about how the reform movement burst onto the scene in the 1810s, and one of the other big things they wanted to do was switch the language. They wanted a daven in German, starting in Germany. So there's a letter slash tshuva of Rabbi Kiva Eger from the year Tafkavai and Hay. I don't know if it was printed in this tshuva, so it was printed in other places. And there's a whole arichas, a taina, that it's b'chal not to do anything in other languages. This is what he taina's. I'm going to quote part of it. He says, even Nashim and Ami Aratzis are unable, really, to daven balaz. We know that if you uh, read the Lashon HaKadosh and you skip a word or you read in the wrong order, even if it doesn't change the pshat, let's say instead of saying, Asher Hashem Lekechem Nesein Lechem, you say, Asher Nesein Lechem Hashem, you're not Yaitza. Pashat, he says. It's the same thing, Balaz. You can't skip a word and you can't read it out of order. Amatik and Balaz, Leidiktuku Bezeis. All the translations we have into German, they're not particular about this. And he says, Kasher Reish Hamatikim. Reb Moshe Dessa. Who's Reb Moshe Dessa? Anyone know? Who's the Reish Hamatikim Reb Moshe Dessa? Moses Mendelssohn. Moses Mendelssohn's uh, claim to fame or claim to infamy was that he translated uh, Chumash into uh, High German. Until then, you had Yiddish Taich, which was like a more colloquial, uh, corrupted, spoken version of German. It was uh, unique to the Yen. And uh, Moses Mendelssohn translated it, I think in Hebrew letters, Bechal, but uh, you have the Chumash, you have the translation into higher German, and then a beer. And technically, there was nothing wrong, at least overtly, neither with the Targum nor with the beer, but yet, over time, it's come to be considered like uh, you know, the worst thing ever. Uh, different explanations have been offered how you can see, even though there's nothing, no kfira in it, but how you can see the things that he doesn't mention, or different diyukim and ramazim. Um, and also the Etzim Zach that he translated into High German was considered a Pirtz at the time. He, it was like the Haskalah agenda of pushing Jews into higher society, higher education, which didn't end very well. So uh, even though he technically uh, was mostly saying he was from, and his shit is also a little uh, interesting, but uh, specifically the beer was a target 
in some places later times uh, for its problems. But here, Rukiv Eger is quoting him respectfully. He's just saying that I don't see how we can use this Targum uh, in a halachic context. He says, you look in the... Moses Mendelssohn didn't translate the Siddur. He translated the Chumash, but we say Shema and Davening. Shema is in the Chumash. So he says, you look in Shema Yisrael, and the Reish HaMatikim, Ramesh Dasar, translated Shema Yisrael, that Eviger Unzer Gott ist ein Enig Eviges Vezen. So he says, if you look at it, he's switching around the words, Hashem Echad. In Hebrew, Hashem goes before Echad. Hashem is one. But in German, Epis didn't go. So he translated it, Ein Enig Eviges Vezen, one eternal being. So Echad uh, comes before uh, Hashem. So if you say that translation, it's not just Ramesh. It's Gama Ba'acharav, Ri Bril, Yoel Bril. Also from the same Chabura, the same uh, gang of characters, but Weiter, at that time in Germany, they were not considered necessarily out of the pale. They clearly were pushing the envelope. So Rabbi Yoel Bril continued uh, Moses Mendelssohn's project with lots of translations into higher German. So apparently he also retranslated the Chumash. He says, Baresh Sifra, which he claims is a Vertlech Ibrizetzung, uh, it's word for word, the uh, translation, um, very literal. Still, and, and it's not true that he uh, doesn't follow the uh, style of Ramesha, but he still is not truly, in fact, in Shema Yisrael, it's the same problem. He translates it differently. It is, one singular and eternal God. Still, Hashem is before Yachad. And then Rukhi Vegas says, ah, even if you're going to tell me that uh, that's how translations work, you can't uh, expect that it should be, uh, if, 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 if Halacha says that translations in theory are okay, then you have to accept that that's going to be part of what happens in a translation, and that's considered kisidran. What about all the words that are missing? He says, for example, Haim Shemaya Tishmu, and the translations they had, they just translated the Shemaya once. If you listen, listen, you're going to listen, you don't really talk like that. Uh, also S, all the S's, you can't really translate the S into these languages. So, if uh, Darshan, Shemaya Tishmu is a Darsha, every S is a Ribuy. Then he gets, getting to the connection to this, he gets to the word Latitafis. Latitafis is like the Chumash uh, version of Achashtranum. What does Latitafis really mean? So he says, these Matikim, they translated either Shtarantoch, something that goes uh, on your forehead, or Farder Hoipt, didn't have a chance to look up what that might mean precisely. But uh, the idea seemed to mean the idea seeming to be that they're just translating as an object that's in that part of your head. So how do we know that we're being yaitza by translating the that way? I, the Mishnah says, you can say it to Cholashen. Maybe they knew the laws very well, and they knew how to say Mshimaya Tishmu. So you can't bring any from Chazal. It's, it's not, for all practical purposes, it has nothing to do with us, because we don't know how to translate correctly. Okay, that uh, and Ravash said that uh, we're missing those words, and he's tying it. What's Pshat says? But it has to be correct. And Lachera, he gets into this question of can you alternate between, between two languages? Lachera, you should be able to alternate between two languages, and he quotes the Prichadish, Shutaka says that. He says, however, the Prichadish brings a Raya I don't like. The Prichadish says that in the Megillah itself, there are words in Aramaic. He says, that's not a Raya. Because for halachic purposes, Hebrew and Aramaic, they're interchangeable. Uh, Hebrew texts have Aramaic, Aramaic texts have Hebrew. But uh, but from the Atzim Zach, 
This is a right. Was Hagufa. If my argument is correct, so how did Chazal, Chazal, and Chazal said there's no translation of Achashtaranim, so what did Chazal think? The Mishnah says, you can read it in the layers, Chazal said, we don't know what Achashtaranim are, so Muslim Zagan from Chazal itself, it's Mochech, that uh, they must have read it all in whatever language it was, and when they got to Achashtaranim, they must have read it in Hebrew, what else can you do? So that would be a raya from Chazal themselves. So he, he implies that Rivash really is, is, is aware of that. It says, I saw the Beis Yosef, who said, the way he quoted the Rivash was, that um, now, Hashto, he says, I don't understand, if they didn't know, according to Rivash, they didn't know what it meant even then, which is what the Rivash clearly says, that according to Rivash, they never understood it. The Ram suggested maybe they did, and maybe one of the translations is correct. The Rivash said, we don't know. So, so from Chazal, go for the Zerayah, that you should be able to just say the Hebrew. Um, he says it's butter that Tetafis is the exact same thing like a Hashdanim, so you would have the same problem. And then he just one more piece from that, there's more, but I'm just uh, one more in the Kudda. He says, I'm very surprised about how we uh, deal with Hashem's name. He says in the, the translations of uh, the Brachis, they translated Hashem in German then as Eviger, the eternal. That was the word they went with, and uh, they didn't write Gott, they wrote the Eviger. He says, I understand if. Yudke Vavke is the shame Ha'atzem, it's Hashem's name, especially a person's name, then how can you translate that and turn it into a nickname, a description? It says Shimon. Shimon's name, technically, is Kishama Hashem. So when I, when I translate Shimon's name, every time it's Shimon in the Torah, I'm not going to write Shimon, I'm going to write Herechts. Uh, Herechts went, Herechts came, because um, that's, what, that's what you're doing. By translating Yudke Vavke into the eternal, that's like translating Shimon into, uh, you know, hear ye, whatever. Um... Also, like Shani Nichtav and Nikra, Yudke Vavke has both Yudke Vavke and Avdal Nunyud in it. Avdal Nunyud within a Kudus of Yudke Vavke. We have the Kavana of both, and the word Eviger, you're not, you're not getting all of those, you're not getting Abnus. So he had all these tiny Eviger, which, I mean, that's the discussion itself about the you know, Tefillah in other languages, it's the early Mercurius to talk about that it's a possibility. So we're not getting into that. Obviously, the Rebbe was responding to reform that we're trying to mamish replace the Siddur. The Maisa, I think, what's on the nomen is that someone who taka doesn't know how to read Hebrew, does daven from English. The, the translations we have today, I assume, try to deal with these problems, whatever they do. Um, but the Tzibur, I, I have not heard that any Tzibur, even if they all don't understand the Lashon HaKadosh, they wouldn't go so far as to allow that. Now, to, in conclusion, I saw uh, a Pesach from nowadays, Yisrael uh, David Harpenus from Williamsburg. He uh, lives in Williamsburg. He writes Svarim. So he has uh, one of his series of Svarim is Mekadash Yisrael on Yom Tov, Yom Yom Tov. So Mekadash Yisrael on Purim and Simon Kufnun Zion, he has a Shaila. Can you read in English or other languages for women? Same question. You know, comes up again. So he quotes the Shulchan Aruch and the Rivash and the Nesakalim, and his conclusion, interestingly, from the Nesakalim is that those who argued that you could read the whole thing in another language, and wherever there's a suffix, you'll just, you'll just read in Hebrew, he is persuaded by that. And he says, Lafizah, he's leading to say, if you're not Baki and Lashon HaKadosh Taka, we're going to, of course, go with uh, the Rivash Naram, but if you Taka don't know Lashon HaKadosh, Yikra English as a Megillah Aksuva, Kula Balash in English, except those three words, which you'll we'll write and say, that it's Shabra Dami, even the Chatchila. Because you don't have the two tinus, the two tinus of the Namban, the Namban wasn't tiny if you talk, don't know Moshna Kaidash, and you're reading it for yourself. 
Um, and the other taina that you're going off from the path of, no, you, you can't read. Um, I'm sorry, the other taina is that uh, you're saying Hashtanim wrong. No, you're, you're saying it in Hebrew, and uh, it's fine. And even if the words are missing, you're Yetzah. So I'm um, just surprising that uh, that's not, if you look at Mishnah, Rehner, HaShulcha, you know, even HaShulcha Narech, HaShulcha says, Yesh Lemches. Uh, it's interesting that Mitzidoi, he was willing, based on all that information, he was willing to, he was almost about to say that it's okay. But he says, because the Achreinim, presumably like Rebbe Kibbeger, talked about the Mishadshim, and the Mishadshim wanted to translate it into other languages, and they said, well, even the you could have in every language, but they were misnagged, because we're not Bucky, all these times are not Bucky in languages, and Shemus, they're Dauphin, Rebbe Kibbeger mentioned this also, Simcha, and Dawson, I don't know which example Rebbe Kibbeger gives, but they do, where you have like these, they go, oh, it's the Shabbat, the Halal, the Shabbat, that's Rebbe Kibbeger's example, you have these synonymous words, how are you going to translate it into, right, you have synonymous words in the, in German and English also, but uh, how do you know you're getting it correctly? Certain words, you know, these words, they're all uh, similar, and, and we don't know exactly, he says also in, in Megillah, we don't know what Ba'at, Sheish, Dar, and Secharis are exactly, so me, Yerav, and Afshay will say that he knows languages correctly, so therefore, and I believe I've never heard that uh, anyone has been even if the people don't understand a word of Hebrew and they only have five minutes, uh, try other things. But I uh, haven't heard that anyone has attempted to uh, use another language. It wasn't clear to me that it has to be written.